Welcome to Descartes Pod. I'm Jenna. And I'm Danica. And this week, I would, I mean, I was going to start by sending a jeers, but I would like to send an official fuck you <laughs> to my least favorite app. Fuck you, Zoom. I fucking hate you, Zoom. We are at the end of a season in a fucking pandemic. I have been on you all of the time. (laughs) And the last, like, two weeks are when you've decided to just take an absolute dump on my ass. And, like, I can't figure out how it fucking works. I was originally going to, like, make fun of me and just be like, "Uh uh-huh, inputs, outputs, (laughs) ha, ha, ha. But we just literally tried for one whole ass hour to get this shit to fucking work. And we recorded a whole ass episode on Sunday mm-hmm. that probably is absolutely fucked. I'm sick of you, Zoom. I'm tired of this. And now Jenna is at my house. <laughs> so uh, I truly do not have any of my shit together. And Zoom, you're not fucking helping. Also, it's annoying as shit that I have to communicate with my friends through this. Fuck you, Zoom. Fuck you, Zoom. Seriously, I mean, it's not... It's. It's it's as if we haven't been using it for literally a year. Literally a year. Every single day. And for all the various things, you work from home, you're on it all day, yet it just wants to just shit the bed. I mean, I think it shits the bed during your work too, right? Yeah, no, like during work, like, and just nobody says anything at work, I think. Because, <laughs> um, like, who actually wants to talk to me? But unfortunately, you have to talk yeah. to me. Yeah, unfortunately. And we, we just truly... Tonight was, like, the breaking point. I was just, like, I can't fucking spend an hour thinking about this. I don't want to record an episode and have it be like it was last week or on Sunday. Can you come over? And you were, like, yes. And then let's not talk to each other for a month. And I was, like, agree. (laughs) Agree. Um, so we're here. We made it. Kind of. Oh, my God. We did. Cheers, right? Yeah, cheers. Congratulations to y'all for making it through this season. Um, the last, like... This year? This year? <laughs> what the fuck? What a fucking nightmare this whole thing has been. I feel like this episode was going to be a lot more thoughtful, but I'm entering in a very angry space, so... <laughs> I don't wish to continue mm-hmm. doing that. I'm going to turn this a little bit, because yeah, you're getting spiky. Oh, thank you. Well, it's also because... Oh, so, y'all, I mean, literally, Danica and I are sitting next to each other. We haven't sat next to each other to record a podcast in I mean two seasons two seasons at least yeah and it was because I was that was like when I was in my really shitty old apartment we were underneath the nail salon and it was like all the sounds were happening people would flush the toilet while we were like talking about Dylan being gay and it was just really (laughs) like special it was a special moment but it was also the sound quality was horrible and now the sound quality is horrible because I'm it sounds like I'm talking over you all the time but somehow I'm five seconds behind on my end it was so. so yeah okay so anyway we're here but um, yeah. Oh, I just remembered why we stopped recording together. It's already so hot in here. <laughs> it's so fucking hot in here. And I'm just wearing a sweatshirt and no, nothing underneath it. I, like, ran here. I'm, I drove here. And I literally don't have a bra on. I mean, if I take this off, I'm just going to be topless. One, one time I did do that also. Yeah. That was I, awesome. This is really just going back to the old days of when we were <laughs> actually, like, you know, we were who we were. We were who we were. You have full permission to take this sweater off. Okay, good. Thank you. Um, I'm taking mine off in, like, five, four, three. (laughs) Um, 
But yeah, we we kind of well, we promise we'll stop getting spicy about mm-hmm. um, our working conditions. I mm-hmm. I want to unionize, even though it's only just against me and Jenna. <laughs> like these are not appropriate working conditions for us. Like this is fucked up. Um, <laughs> I don't even have working internet. How am I supposed to like contribute to society? Um, yeah, it's just a sign to take a break, I guess. Take a break. Which, like... Are you doing a Hamilton reference? I don't know. You nasty bitch. I've never seen that. <laughs> never seen it, and you can't make me. Okay, you're like a quote-unquote Disney mom, but you haven't even oh seen God. Hamilton. <laughs> I'm gonna... Um, I can't believe you insulted me like that. Yeah, I mean, like, we've talked about it before. You got really offended when I said that... This is this kind of ties into a conversation we're going to have a little bit later. I t- I told you that one of the women from this season, based on her bio, was a Disney mom, and that I didn't trust her. And then you were like, "I don't think that's fair of you." <laughs> and I was just like, "No, I I like backtracked, and I was like, no, 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 my mom's a Disney mom. So like, I mean, like, obviously, there are fine people that are Disney moms. I'm talking about the people that are protesting outside of Disneyland. I like, need to, I need to have I need to have access to the all the all the rides, all the bullshit, and like, really, do you want? Do you really want to protest for like two rides a day? Oh my god! I know the last time I went to it, it was like back in my youth, and we had like a fast pass, I think. And I think even with that, we probably still went on like maybe four rides in a twenty-four hour period. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. Anyway, Lord, I was gonna say too. It's I'm just like also remembering the time that we talked about. How you knew somebody that died at that water park <laughs> in Northern California. Yeah. Like, I feel like that was your first bonding moment with Andrew. Because <laughs> he's been to that water park and he think he knew the, the story as well. Like, before I even finished it, he was like, oh, yeah, I know it. Oh, that's so good. And, like, why? And people probably want to go to fucking water parks right now, too. No. Gross. Last mm-hmm. time I went to one, people, like, shamed me for my body hair. In my body. And that was really fun. People who are, like, peeing in the pool are, like, <laughs> shaving or shaming us for not shaving. Yes, and it's just like, sir, like, I know you don't wash that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, thanks for trying, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from that, um, I was just thinking kind of about the year that we've had. And this morning um, when I was not doing a good job of sleeping, um, <laughs> which is, you know, uh, par for the course for me at this point. Um, I was reading this, like, piece that I found to be, like, really moving. Um, It was published on Fast Company, and it was titled, You Are Not the Person You Were Before the Pandemic. Mm. And it kind of talks about how our feelings about people, relationships, everyday life, etc., like, has changed. And while, like, some of that seems small, um, like, some like, little pleasures that we had before have totally changed. And, like, our relationship with, like, people has totally changed. Um, Like, I'll say for myself, like, when the pandemic started, I used to go um, to a bar in my neighborhood um, after work on Thursdays to, like, you know, wrap up some projects, do freelance stuff, just, like, eat onion rings (laughs) and, like, just, like, talk to my neighbors because, like, we had a really good, like, neighborhood vibe there And, like, now I'm at a point where I don't know that that's going to be there anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, it's small stuff like that, but it's also, like, bigger stuff, too. Like, there's, like, so many people have died. And 
we've gotten to see the ways that systems that we've relied on for this, you know, this very purpose, like when we're in an emergent, uh, like emergency situation, have failed us completely. Completely. And we're just trying to keep going so we don't have to like rely on those systems because they're, we know that they're not going to help us. And like, this is all to say, like, I really do think that, um, for this season, um, not even just this season, for this whole year. I mean, yeah, Claritasia, this. Yeah. Um, every single person underestimated how much we would be affected by all of this shit. And it's really bled into our lives as, like, viewers. Like, I don't think that, like, producers, EPs, even Mike Fleiss would think that the viewership would change this much. Mm-hmm. And I really don't think they would have made these past few seasons if they were really thinking about the future. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say, like, they could have, like, future casted where we were all going to be at. Because I think all of us a year ago really felt like this was going to be over in, like, a few weeks. (laughs) Literally. Um, (sighs) But I think they're, like, quickly realizing that they, they don't get to just get away with stuff because... We're not as preoccupied with whatever else we were doing before because we don't have any of that anymore. Like, we don't get to just, like, watch the show, kind of, like, text our friends about it, and then, you know, like, go bullshit around town. Like, that we weren't outside for, like, a year. Yeah. And and, and it's, like, I think that it, we've hyperfixated on it for sure and because, like, there's nothing else to do and also gossip is amazing. But also... <laughs> Like, I think, you know, because we were, I was on the Bachelor Instagram more than, like, the average person because it was kind of, like, the account that we were making and what we were doing and I wanted to keep up on stuff and also I'm just, like, addicted to finding out, like, who's, you know, fucking who, what's going on. But I saw so many people join us in that, like, you know, being on it and knowing more about it because they they weren't doing anything. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that just, like, goes to show that, like you said, they didn't realize that they were going to have the whole audience just truly fixated on it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, uh, we went on a rant. We went on several rants already. <laughs> um, I really will say gossip is delightful. And I think that's why, like, a lot of Bachelor Nation got super busy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also, I think a lot of the reason that people are so just, like, over it in so many ways. And I'm talking about Bachelor Nation as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people are just tired because it is a true microcosm of our society and how our society functions. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we used to talk about how it felt like escapism, and now it feels very much the opposite. It feels yeah. extremely real, and I think that's why... People are so passionate either way. Right. Like, yeah, either side of the aisle, quote unquote. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's truly, and I feel like, um, yeah, it's just like it's affecting all of our lives. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was telling you earlier, like, I feel like the boundaries have made for Instagram and like how we're running our account has helped me greatly, mm-hmm. greatly. Like, I feel way less like, pressure i feel really centered in a lot of ways but like it's affected my actual life yeah (laughs) like my real ass 
feelings and life and personal relationships that I'm like, how did this show do that? And I keep people just like, that's just a show. It's just a show. I'm like, it is. But how do I get out of this, like, feeling? And I think, too, like, some people that say, like, it's just a show don't really get it sometimes no, no, as well no. because it's really not just a show it's not <laughs> um especially for these last couple seasons mm-hmm. like again it's a it's a microcosm and some people feel it in different ways than other people do and like we're not saying that we feel that for everybody no certainly not no um, it's just our own but weird. yeah we, we we're struggling <laughs> a little bit um so just like at the beginning of the episode it's probably pretty obvious. Jenna and I need a little bit of time off. Mm-hmm. We want to come back. We're just tired. My internet connection is tired of me. My Zoom fucking hates my ass. Um, we will be back after several thousand naps. Um, and, you know, spoiler alert, we get to go back to making fun of men for <laughs> several seasons in a row. So... <laughs> That's easier and more fun. I hope Ed gets his comeuppance or just comes for once. Um, So on that note, we're going to just say uh, we wanted to actually we just wanted to reflect on Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what we thought at the beginning of the season, because it's been like it's been so long (laughs) How long has it been? 84 years? I don't know. The Titanic lady voice. Like, it's been 84 fucking years. Um, We wanted to reflect on what we thought would happen this season versus actually what ended up happening, because I feel like that's the only way we're going to find any joy out of any of this. Like, I will tell you, like, straight up, our opinions about the original women, like, coming in, like, when we were, like, just, like, looking at their ABC bios, absolutely whack. I don't know why anyone listens to what we're fucking saying. We're (laughs) sus, completely stupid. Like, we should never do these episodes again. Just, like, how fucking dumb (laughs) was that? Like, I'm, like, I'm gonna, like, I know, please, roast. (laughs) This is a roast of you and me. Like, I truly tried to, I looked through my notes and I tried to find the worst shit. First of all, um, we started the episode with, just, like, talking about who was going to be, like... I mean, like, Jenna does the sleuthing. Yeah. And I am ignorant because that's fun. And, like, um, I just, like, started the episode and I was like, okay, just tell me who's MAGA because I've already fallen in love with some of these women. And literally the first person just by, like, alphabetical order was Abigail. And Jenna told me that Abigail was MAGA. And I was like, fuck, I liked her. <laughs> <laughs> How wrong can you be? Like, I again, mean, truly. everyone stop listening to Bachelor podcasts. It's just all dumb. It's all bullshit. Oh, Lord. But, yeah, I do remember we both really liked Brie. Mm-hmm. I hated Katie at the beginning <laughs> because I was just like, oh, this girl's just dated, like, a gamer. <laughs> like, we talked about, like, uh, scabies or something. Oh, I talked about, I talk oh, yeah. about scabies all the time. Oh, my God. Yeah. I can't stop talking about scabies. <laughs> Anybody wants to talk to me about scabies and that that gross man that I had sex with one time um, when it was actually just an ingrown pubic hair and I cried at Planned Parenthood. Again, that exists in previous episodes. Feel yeah. free to find it. I refuse to look for it again because guess what? It fucking sucks. Um, I don't know. It, it feels like the 
part of what's weird about this season is because it feels like that was so long ago. Mm-hmm. And the whole revelation of who everyone ended up being was basically useless because the two women he liked really didn't have anything to do with the first half of the season. At all. I will say, though, we were fucking right about Victoria. Yeah. Well, duh. Sometimes we are right. Sometimes Danica's right. Um, Sometimes Danica's right is the new tagline <laughs> of the show. <laughs> it used to be every time, all the time, Danica's right, but now every no, I'm, sometimes. No, I'm willing to admit that I am mostly wrong, but with good intent. <laughs> yeah, but it was wild to think about how... Both Michelle and Rachel were, like, really... I mean, Michelle came in halfway through and Rachel was, like... You didn't even fucking hear from her for the first half of the season. This show was definitely not, like, a formulaic show Mm -hmm. where we were really looking for Abigail to be, like, a big, you know, contestant in the season. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that just didn't happen. Like, all of it. Yeah. The, The formula was not there and not the same. No. And we got a totally different season than we were expecting. Mm -hmm. Was it better? Mm. Um, also, we said in our first episode that, like, when we were truly trying to grasp onto, like, anything about who Matt was as a person. Because we uh, didn't know him, know him. <laughs> no, we didn't. We only had opinions about him based on his relationship to Tyler. Which is, ugh, we were such fools. Uh, so we, Danica was really, you know, woo-woo and pulled out the astrology. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be... Um, a Portland-based white person. So I was like, what's his sign? <laughs> um, and he's like a quadruple like Sagittarius or something. Mm-hmm. So these are some of the like bits that I pulled out of that first episode that I felt were actually kind of accurate to yeah. like what we ended up with. Because mm-hmm. um, I was just, I wasn't making shit up. I was um, pulling other info that other people made up. <laughs> <laughs> um but apparently he has been going through a big Saturn return as of 2020. Mm-hmm. It's a big life upheaval period. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he may not have the clearest idea of what he wants right now. And what he wants might be changing day by day, which I think we see later on in this yeah. season. As a quadruple Sagittarius, he has like a thrill-seeking energy. Mm-hmm. He wants new experiences, spontaneity. Mm-hmm. And he wants a partner who can keep up with him. Um, and this stimulation could explain why he hasn't settled down and why he chooses not to <laughs> at the end of the episode. Oh, fuck. Um, we also mentioned he's super blunt, mm-hmm. um, which I think is why some of the exits mm-hmm. happened the way that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also mentioned at the beginning of the season, in order for this to work, Matt will need to embrace more of his vulnerability to truly find a partner with long-lasting potential. It will require him to self-criticizing and to go out of his comfort zone. Holy fuck! I know. <laughs> and oh I mean, like, do, like, I'm not even... A Sagittarius. I'm just a person that needs to go to counseling, but also has undiagnosed ADHD, so I can't fucking find one without going down a rabbit hole about this stupid-ass toxic franchise. I relate to all of this. Completely. It's not just a Sagittarius thing, but, I mean, like, it seems like some of it fits. Oh, yeah, totally. And then, like, his being, going from his 28th to his 29th year is that whole, like, Saturn return. And I, I, th- I talked about that before, too. Like, your life gets completely fucked over. So to go on The Bachelor during that time is not okay. Like, you either need to go on it when you're 24 and you're an idiot 
or when you're 32 and you're Rachel Lindsay. When you're uh, 24 when you're racist. Yeah. Or, no. I mean, I also, like, I feel like I learned what a Saturn return was mm-hmm. when I was still 28 mm-hmm. and I just turned 29 when his season started. Mm-hmm. So, like, welcome to my own um, Saturn return. I'm having one right now and it fucking sucks. Thanks, Zoom. Thanks, Zoom. That's <laughs> the reason Fuck Zoom's... you, Zoom. We're going to blame it on the stars. Um, so... Yeah, that's incredibly, that kind of like, I have chills. Yeah. I have fucking chills how accurate that was. Thank you. I am, again, sometimes right. Jesus. I cut uh, out like 90% of what I said. Of you, so, but <laughs> it's fine. So now we're going to just like enter into like a recap of the episodes. Mm-hmm. I, I say episodes in that, you know, I view, you know, the end and after the final rose as two separate things. Mm-hmm. I know that's not true, but... Who cares? I'm yeah. wrong sometimes, apparently. Could this be an email? I mean, <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like the I feel like the finale could have been an email. Yeah. And the after the final rose could have been two hours long. The finale could have been an email because we knew. Yeah, because we knew. Uh, but there were actually some things I was really surprised. Oh, about. certainly. I was. There was. I was. Yeah. Okay. We'll get into it. Um. So <clears throat> Matt meets up with John and Patty, who I am calling Celine Dion mm-hmm. because that's who she is to me. Mm-hmm. To talk to them and have him meet his potential partners. Celine Dion says, I think it's a long shot that Matt will be engaged at the end of this. Weird how some moms seem to know their kids. <laughs> Fucking weird, dude. Don't know if I can relate. <laughs> um, Michelle meets them first. And uh, his brother, John, who looks so much like him, but not. It's yeah. it so wild to me. He's... Nice, wonderful man and like honestly he should host the show because he was asking real ass questions mm-hmm. um he steals her away and pretty abruptly and he to talk to her about like her relationship with matt what her prior relationships have been like which we still don't know anything about um she talks about her prior relationship being really unhealthy and then they both discuss matt's history of being somewhat closed off and unwilling to cope with his emotions and feelings um which we've been seeing nonstop for the last couple episodes um, which is great. Like, I'm happy that he's going through this, but it's like, maybe, maybe not the show. Maybe therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. We'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and John in his, like, ITM says that he thinks that Matt has found someone in, in Michelle who is a good match for him. I will say, I think that maybe, um, if we can go back a little mm-hmm. bit to why John and Matt look different, mm-hmm. it's because Matt is only wearing, like, Banana Republic. <laughs> and it's just like, like, sir, I don't even know you anymore. Like, when did the turtleneck become the thing? Like, I know it was a thing last season, and it shouldn't have been a thing last season. No, because it was 150 degrees. <laughs> yeah. It was literally a zillion degrees. <laughs> it's more appropriate now, but it's also just like, I don't think we were ready for... No. The the Revolve collection that is a summer turtleneck that also can go into winter. Um, Patty, you know, like, while... Sorry, Patty, that's not who she is. Celine Dion, yeah. while this is all happening, is super emotional. Um, she talks to Michelle about the need that Matt has always had to have, like, a strong family. How he's always sought out people with big families who will take him in so he can mm. feel loved in the mm-hmm. same way. I think we talked about that in yeah. previous episodes. Yeah. Um, Relatable. He's, like, looking for, like, a chosen family a little mm-hmm. bit because he doesn't 
or or just looking for like an exemplary family because he yes. doesn't feel like his is complete. Yeah. Um, Michelle talks about how in love she is with Matt. Um, Celine gives the seal of approval. It was a very like cute and wholesome mm-hmm. experience. I feel like oh, yeah. it was very emotional. Like we're we're trying to, you know dilute things so we can actually get through this whole episode but it because was otherwise this would be six hours long <laughs> exactly. but it was like a really really wonderful encounter i felt like find me a cuter one you can't i i can't because the second one seems less cute to me um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so now our feelings get to go straight to hell uh rachel is meeting the family this is the last um really big step um, in our relationship before that engagement, she says, hopefully. And, like, I, we laugh a little bit. Um, if I were watching the show not knowing that yeah. Rachel had done these things, mm-hmm. I would still feel this way, though, where yeah. I'm like, yeah. what are you talking about? Because over the past, like, three weeks or so, he's very much been putting her, like, trying to, like, put her on, like, a, not necessarily, like, the back burner, but mm-hmm. trying to, like, readjust her expectations. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, um, like, I have my own, we, we obviously both have our own opinions about her, like, outside of the show and outside of what we would have known if mm-hmm. the internet didn't exist. Oh, yeah. But, like, even still, I would be looking at this being, like, what, this seems irrational to it, me. It truly does. I really do. I honestly can separate her from the the outside stuff. And she just isn't... I. She doesn't get it. She doesn't get it. She's going through the motions. And he's going through the motions with her in a lot of ways. Or, like, putting her to the side and kind of trying to, like... Yeah. I don't know. But, like, I, I'm... I can't remember what their exact conversation was in the fantasy suites, but they do talk about it to Celine Dion and John, (laughs) Celine John, um, (laughs) about how their fantasy suite date went and how this makes them more capable of talking about the hard things, which now that I know, you know, like, you know, removing that blinder, (laughs) just like, hello, foreshadowing, (laughs) no, you cannot. Um, But like... I think we kind of, oh, yeah, we see her talk to Patty about religion, spirituality, faith, and I don't, like, I don't remember, maybe I'm, like, forgetting something, and that's totally possible, um, but I don't see that, like, religion, spirituality thing having played a huge part in the season to where, like, that's the most important thing to Matt, which is what makes me so confused, um, about their relationship because it's just like what like why are you talking to his parents well about that I think she she you know he did that like prayer when he walked in the first night and she cried and they show her yeah. quickly crying so obviously I think that they have like I think deep, that's important to know, her yeah religious like and I I think he is I think he's quite religious but or spiritual um right of faith I'm not sure how you you weirdos like it. <laughs> You weirdos looking at me. Yeah. Um, as a former weirdo, um, many of you are not. And <laughs> the people that are doing it in the way that I respect, you know what we're talking mm-hmm. about. Um, some people are definitely uh, strange about this kind of experience. <laughs> but, like, I just, like, haven't seen that really being a common theme outside yeah. of that date. Right. And, and this now. last yeah. portion. Mm-hmm. And, like, I just haven't seen them. So, like... We've talked about it a few times. Like, we really thought 
Michelle and he had, like, a special connection because they can say things that they like about each other. Like, I love that he does this. Mm -hmm. I love this. I love this. And, um, like, if spirituality is something that's important to you and that's also important to your partner, like, I think, yeah, you should definitely go for that. Mm -hmm. But I think there are also, like, hundreds and thousands of other people who, like, have the same beliefs as you that you can also connect with. Like, that's not, like, a specific reason I would I would choose somebody. And so it was hard for me to connect with her on that level. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And it just seems like a, a strange thing for that to be the part that's shown as, like, why they should be together. Um, when they had, and I mean, like, because, maybe maybe they're giving Michelle the edit. Yeah. And Michelle deserves that edit. Oh, true. Yeah, fair. Yeah, and I can see that. But I also think that they're trying to give Rachel a certain edit. And I think... Slash, I don't know if they have that much of a connection. And so that's what she's falling on, too, right? Can she even look Celine in the eye and tell her about, like, special moments that they've had together? Other than the time that she almost died in an airplane falling? <laughs> that would have been a more yeah. memorable thing, I feel like. Oh, yeah, like, I almost died and he was really nice to me. But even <laughs> that's not a reason to marry somebody. Exactly. So I don't think she has it. I don't think it's there. The no. substance is not there. So she's falling on these platitudes. And, and I mean, that's fine. I'm not going to hate her for that, but it's like, it just goes to my bigger conspiracy theory that I'll get into a little bit later. Oh, we're going back into Jay and on the regular pod? Yeah, of course, yeah. Oh, I love that, though. (laughs) So, and then we get a kind of, we get to, like, the kind of, the crux of what I think Matt's struggling with throughout this whole season and hasn't quite worked through it yet, and it's his parents' relationship. Um, We saw last episode with his dad and now with his mom saying... All the stuff that she says, it feels like we get to, like, get deeper into, you know, what's going through his head. And it's not good. <laughs> yeah, I, I I, mean, I feel like it's a it's a healthy thing to, like, question. Oh, of course. And go through. Of course. But I think it ties back into the conversation we were having earlier about him being a Sagittarius, which is actually just, like, probably having struggled with your parents' former relationships, which is how... I feel, and, like, how I connect with him. Um, So, Celine Dion is talking about the two girls with him. She says they're both amazing. She has nothing but warmth in her heart for both of them. Um, But both of them still seem to have this, like, concept in their head that it's not really... Like, he shouldn't be getting engaged anytime Mm -hmm. soon. Mm -hmm. And... Celine Dion says this. (laughs) Sorry, I'm never going to stop. Celine Dion asks, "Um, when you say you love somebody, does that mean, oh, automatically I'm going to become engaged? Or does that mean I feel comfortable enough to see where this is going to go down the road? Um, Like, there's nothing like being in love, but love is not the end all be all. Uh Um, And this is like where he starts really spiraling. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like, I actually think he started spiraling last episode. And like, what was it? MJ said, like, I'm not spiraling. (laughs) But he definitely is. I had a weak bitch moment. (laughs) Yeah, um, I'm having a weak bitch moment because like, I was spiraling last night. He had a weak bachelor moment. Oh, yes. Week batch moment. Week batch, yeah. I love this. Oh, title of app. <laughs> yeah, let's write that shit down. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is exactly what 
I mean, I, I love Celine Dion for this. I know this is like, maybe it's like a harsh, it's a bad take or whatever. I think that like, he should be able to make his own like, you know, he, he, he has to process his own feelings and make his own choices and all these things. But she's not wrong. No, and, like, she is not know, wrong. Love is a lie. And also, it's no, not the end of okay, the Okay, that's the weak take. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid bitch. <laughs> But she's not wrong, and she obviously knows him, and... Love doesn't make a long-lasting relationship no, work. No, it certainly doesn't. It's other things, too. Mm-hmm. And so, like, for him to be worried or scared that, like, his feelings, which he is interpreting as love, which I'm not saying that that's not his feelings, mm-hmm. he is allowed to feel whatever he wants to feel. Um, I'm not saying that those aren't real, but, like, also... Being Twitter pated is a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like Yeah. Just wanting to fuck is a thing. Yeah. Like there there are so many ways to interpret that, and some of them are connected and some of them are not. This process doesn't work. I don't know. Have we ever talked about this before? This process is fucking stupid. Why are we watching this show again? Like I forgot all fucking ready. Oh my god. But like yeah, his brother also says, like, the same kind of thing. Like, don't jump into it if you're not ready. Mm-hmm. Like, his family knows that he probably has some trauma about, like, wanting to be, like, a dad and father yeah. and... Dad and father is... A, I mean, those are actually different things. Never mind. Um, <laughs> but, like, wanting to be a dad, wanting to be married, wanting to have a different life than his parents mm-hmm. do, which I think is relatable. Yeah. Certainly. Nobody is just out here just like, yeah, I want to make the same mistakes my parents made. I want to experience pain. But, and, like, it feels like he hasn't worked through and that's a key. lot of those traumas. And, key, yeah. and I I can I can relate to that to a certain extent. Yeah. Like, I will say, just, like, as a person who got engaged, like, somewhat recently. What? What? <laughs> Do I ever talk about this? No, every episode. <laughs> um, but just, like, even when, you know, like, I feel like I've known that Andrew was my person for a long time. But even in the months before it got down to him asking, I was like, am I ready for something like that? Mm-hmm. Like, how do I make sure that this is not, like, what my parents went through? Like, what my mom went through? Like, am I ready to commit to something like that? Or do, like... Like, fully being in love with somebody and then just being, like, but what about, like, what my parents went through? Yeah. Like, how, how do I, like, separate myself from what my experience was growing up? Mm-hmm. And I think that Matt's going through something similar. Mm-hmm. Like, definitely something different. Like, it's not the same experience. No, but, but it's, I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this podcast. Like, one time in therapy, I had a therapist, maybe, like, we did, like, a, um... A family tree of sorts, but it was specifically about relationships. And we went out as far as I could physically go, which was quite like I went to like great grandparents and everything. And then the whole circle, every single person except for my one cousin had divorced. Everyone, yeah. including myself. By the time I was in therapy, I had already gone yeah. through my divorce. And I mean, I still see it in my head like, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> And I'm not saying I can't get married one day again, whatever. I also don't think that him having these feelings negates him even being eligible to be on a, some kind of show like this. No. It's just not now. Like, he he clearly needs to... 
And I mean, even if he thought he was ready true, for true, it. True, true, right, yeah. And you just, think that, yeah. Even if he thought he was ready for it and just, you know, it, realized yeah. that he needed some more time, mm-hmm. that's totally fine, too. Which is seemingly, like, what he does, basically, at this point. He starts mm-hmm. to realize, like, oh, I might not be ready for an engagement at the end of this, which is totally fucking fair and logical. Yeah. But fucking devil Apparently man. not to Chris... <laughs> Ass Harrison. <laughs> like, I don't, like, I'm, like, oh my god. I he, He's here for one reason only, Danica. He's here for the show and to make this engage, and he, they, he's like the HR department yeah. of your company where they, you, like, think they're on your side, but they're just trying to not get sued. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, unfortunately, Chris is all over this final fucking episode, mm-hmm. um, I was promised that he would not be here <laughs> and was just like, you've worked harder than you've ever had to just to be a part of this. But, um, oh my God. yeah, just like, I just like kept feeling for Matt because like, imagine him being the only person that you can talk to through this experience. <sighs> like, I would absolutely like yeet away. Like, I cannot, I, <sighs> I would not make a choice at this point, and nobody can get me out of the bathtub. This fucking sucks. Like, I would be the most difficult person. As a side note, just, like, knowing where we're at at these points in the conversations with Chris Harrison, like, seeing how Chris Harrison really felt about the Rachel Kirkinall situation, Mm -hmm. I can't imagine what it's like for Matt to look back at these conversations, if he didn't already feel that way about yeah. him, and just, like, deal with the fact that Chris was his confidant in this moment, and, like, what that was like to see him, like, him as in Chris Harrison, defend Rachel um, without understanding in any way how Matt could have felt about mm-hmm. the situation. Mm-hmm. Because, like, Chris's job if anything, is to support the lead. Yeah. And, like, did he do any of that? In my opinion, fuck no. Mm -mm. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like he didn't even, even, like, after the airing, I doubt he ever even fucking, like, texted Matt to be like, how are you handling the current drama? He just went on extra and fucking shot the bed. God, that's so, I, it makes me more sad. Yeah, I mean, like, (laughs) I almost, like, would... I mean, I have zero respect for Chris Harrison, mm-hmm. but even if he'd done the thing where he's just like, I'm going to let these two figure it out. Yeah. That would have been something totally different. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, everyone can disagree, but I feel like I would have had just like more respect for the entire moment where if he was like, I know Matt, this made me really sad for him. Mm-hmm. I'm looking to see how they work this out. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. No, that would have been a... A more supportive route to take, but mm-hmm. of course he didn't do that. Um, yeah, Matt essentially tells Chris that he's he's fixated on the conversation that he's been, he's been having with his mom and about how love isn't real. And no, that's <laughs> not what was said. Stop this. <laughs> love isn't all that is required to maintain a healthy marriage. Agree. Yeah. Um, he says that. Commitment to me is everlasting, um, and the more information that I'm learning about myself, the more I'm starting to pump the brakes on, like, is this something that I'm actually ready to commit to now? And Harrison just, like, clutches his pearls. <laughs> um, he's like, you're going to lose me a lot of money. 
Um, he's like taken aback by you know Matt's newfound doubts. He's like, "This is not the same guy I was talking to a week ago." Um, he also like talks shit about Matt's mom mm-hmm. in this moment. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. oh my god, sir, just leave. But he says, like. Your mom said, like, love changes, love wilts, feelings change. Um, Like, don't worry, love ends. And he's, like, scoffing at her. Mm -hmm. And he's, like, what kind of greeting card is that? I'm, like, sir, like, you don't get to make money off of these people, first of all. Like, it all... Oh, my God. This whole thing, this, like, romantic period eventually ends you end up being with a person whose farts absolutely reek and you have to care for them as they're going through real stuff (sighs) matt's mom's right and you're an idiot like who's divorced sorry not to be (laughs) i know we just talked about how divorce isn't a problem but like (laughs) Like, i'm just like you do need a goddamn like foundation for a relationship And this space isn't it. And also, just, like, as a person who has to smell Andrew's farts, Mm -hmm. there had to be a foundation there. Otherwise, I'd be fucking out of here. (laughs) I would be fucking gone. If I did not love this person. And if I did not have a foundation for, like, how we're meant to be together, his farts would drive me away. Mm -hmm. I also just, like, kind of... Um, I love you, Andrew. Uh, by the way, <laughs> I will give you money for this podcast later. Um, I just, like, wanted to kind of talk about, like, to how the show generally works. Mm-hmm. Um, not that every couple does this, but there have been many couples who have gotten re-engaged after being on the show and just view this part of their relationship as a commitment to dating. Yeah. And learning about each other mm-hmm. because they don't feel like they have the space to say no to getting engaged. Um, so they use the outside of Showtime to reevaluate the relationships, actually get to know one another outside of the bubble. Um, but that's never really presented as an option. And when Chris Harrison comes in, he's just like, this isn't the guy that I knew. You know? Oh my god. I was so mad at this. It was so... Like, he was, I don't even know the right, almost like bullying. That's the wrong word. We, we use that word too he much. He wasn't supportive. He wasn't supportive. He was, I mean, he had, um, he had alternative motives. Yeah. And so, and those were very clear in that moment with his eyebrows, his scoffing. Like, he just had other reasons to convince Matt to do, to follow the grand plan. And it was the most obvious I've ever seen it before. Like, even with Claire and she was trying to blow up the bachelorette. Like, he at least was having, like, slightly more nuanced conversations with her about it. And in this case, he was just like, fucking toughen up, tiger. Get back in the ring. And I was like, this is not how you... And, like, yeah. Anyway. I'm not going to give him any credit. I was about to give him a little bit of credit for something, and I'm not going to. Because fuck him. Can I ask what it was? (laughs) I was going to say, like, since he, you know, sometimes, like, he, he knows the other people because they've been on this pre- season previous, you know? So he mm-hmm. has a more of a relationship with them, and he didn't technically have a relationship with Matt prior to this season. That makes it worse, don't you think? I mean, he does, but it's like, he maybe he's not, he's floundering in his, like, ability to emotionally speak to Matt because he doesn't know him as well. But I don't... I feel yeah. like 
not to say that that was your point, but mm-hmm. if we're gonna if we're gonna play that way, that's almost more manipulative because he doesn't know Matt. True. So he's and just he's like with him in a really like emotional moment, yeah. just like trying to get him to do what the show wants him to do because yeah. they've had so many problems with the last two bachelors, <laughs> and so they're just like pushing, you know they. Pushing their first black lead mm-hmm. to be like, oh, play by our rules, though. Mm-hmm. Play by our rules. Sorry, the last three. Ari was also a mess. I mean, in the sense that, like, now he's with Ugh. this woman, but he he didn't, you know, follow the rules either, essentially. And so, like, they, I mean, I've been saying it online, actually, most of today. We just need to cancel The Bachelor. The actual Bachelor, not the yeah. franchise. <laughs> I mean, we should, too. But, like, we need to have only Bachelorette and only Bip. And that is it. <laughs> Like, what's the point of the rest? We have so many women to choose from from, like, the last 7,000 seasons. Like, you don't need to We do have, have... to re-rotate the men out because most of them are duds. Yeah. But, like... No, I know, but just, like... Oh, yeah, with Bip. I mean, yeah. We'll, we'll just bring some... I mean, have another one of those music shows and bring in Sheridan, you know? Yeah. I hope we see no, Sheridan. I, no, I, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> different opinions about that show i and i didn't finish it so i'm not going to talk about that anymore oh my god okay so now we get to the final last chance dates <laughs> aka pain pain um once again they try to do like the leap of faith shit um once again i hate this franchise in this show that was actually in the notes i needed to say it right now um all it does is hurt um after like rappelling off of the building which is also what I felt like doing this whole fucking date. Um, Michelle and Matt, like, cozy up on a couch, and she's asking him how he actually feels about what's going on. Um, He's just responding. (sighs) Do you Have you ever had these moments with a man where he's like, oh, yeah, I'm just, like, really thinking? Uh And Uh this is how I felt about how he talked to her. I I do, like, respect the the difficult moment that he's in right now. Of course. But she's asking the question, and he is just, like, I'm trying to give you the thoughtful response without saying how I actually feel. Um, We can see in ITMs he's really confused. Um... She, however, is, like, pouring her heart out to him, and he just, like, doesn't know where he's going to land throughout this process. Ugh. Evening portion comes around. We see this, like, horrible moment where she is, like, it, it seemed like it would have been a good moment, rather, where yeah. she's, like, gifting him and hers, like, basketball jerseys. And this, like, clearly lets him know where her head is at, um... They say Mr. and Mrs. James, and then he kind of puts a stop to all of that. Um, Because, once again, this has to end in disaster, and (laughs) I have to be devastated, and so does everybody else. I was so so mad. I did not really see this coming. I wasn't paying enough attention, Mm -hmm. and I was like... Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. Stop, stop, stop. What are you doing? Please don't do that. Like, what? No, sir, sir, sir. But, like, obviously it's better to send her home now than later. Okay, anyway. So, yeah. So, he's, like, she's, like, so how do you feel? And he, like, crumples up the fucking jerseys and, like, puts them down. And he's, like, the easy thing for me to do would be to tell you what you want to hear. Which, that's actually a pretty horrible sentence. Um, Don't ever say that to a woman or anyone who's, like, 
Don't start it off that way. Actually, this is really hard for me. Yeah, I, I just don't start it that way. I, I feel like I get what his intent was with yes, that, which is like, this is going to be really hard for you to hear, but he made it sound the opposite, Ugh. where like, this is hard for me to say, <sighs> which I imagine that it is, mm-hmm. but like, that's, uh, yeah, again, not how I would want to hear this conversation go down. And then she, he like says more things and then she cuts him off. She's like, that's not what I'm looking for. At one point she heartbreakingly asks like, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to fight for you or not fight for you? I like that part. I no. couldn't. Oh, that I have chills again. Are you kidding me? No, we need to take a two-year podcast break so I can recover from this. I need, <gasps> I need to lay down in the toilet for a while. Holy shit! No, and I think that was such an appropriate question oh, to ask of too, course. Oh. because like this show is so fucked <laughs> that like she needs to know. People will, like, legitimately, like, fight when it's not their place to do so. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. we've had so many people fucking come back. Uh-huh. Like, even this season, somebody came back, yeah? Mm. No? No, actually, nobody. Am I just thinking of... Oh, my God. I'm thinking of something else. Uh-huh. But, like... Like, what... What is the solution here? Like, are, tell me if this is over, over. If you don't like me. If you don't love me. Like, tell me what the actual answer is. Because he's speaking with enough, like, vagueness that it could be interpreted as, like, if she talks to her producer and the producer's like, go back to him. You have to try. She just gets more heartbroken. Mm -hmm. And, like, I feel like she is, like, savvy enough where she knows that, Mm -hmm. like, the producer's excuse me, don't necessarily have her back in this situation. And she's just like, I need you to fucking tell me yeah, I'm gonna now. T- look at me in the eyes. I look at me <laughs> and me tell me if you want me to fight for you because I've already said my thing. <laughs> but he, he ends up basically saying that he's not in the same place she's in and he sends her home before... The final rose ceremony confirming kind of what we've all been thinking would happen for a while, but are still really pissed off about. Yeah, it doesn't make it feel any better when it happens and you already knew, but you just like, no, that doesn't feel good. Being right sometimes sucks. (laughs) Like, so he has another talk with the devil incarnate and (laughs) um, basically says that he's been thinking about the look on his mom's face since he talked to her and, like, you know, about, with her about, like, the feelings fading. He's like, that scares me. The last thing I want to do is bring somebody into the situation that I'm not ready for. Um, Important. I'm not ready for. Yeah. (laughs) With that, Matt says he needs some time and he goes off into the woods for that. Um, (laughs) This is the point that I kind of want to start laying out my, like, theory about things. I think that... And I think that he really liked, that he loved Michelle. We said this last season, last episode. He loved Michelle. He just was either afraid to admit it or whatever, right? There's actually a connection and a love there. I think the thing with his mother really spooked him so much so that he might not have still been willing to pick Michelle, but he knew that if he went, if he proposed to her and did the whole thing and it didn't work out because he's, he's, doubting himself and his capabilities to be in a relationship mm. that if he went far enough to engage or even just pick Michelle and it ended up breaking up like two months later, he would genuinely feel very bad. And so that he decided to take the easy way out and choose Rachel and send Michelle home. 
do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like... Like, he didn't think he was ready for either, either. of them. Yes, he, he but, knew like, neither of them would work out. So I'm going to send her home now and choose Rachel because Rachel will handle a breakup better. Not that Michelle's not strong enough to handle something, but he just, like, knew. Like, it was more real feelings. Like, she would have genuinely been right. very devastated. I think that could be true. Um, And I think that we've seen in previous episodes that... Michelle had some really devastating breakups, like, pretty recently. Mm-hmm. Rachel, I think, shared that she's had two relationships since she graduated from high school and that neither of them were, like, Serious. a love-based relationship. Yeah. I also think it could be true, though, that... Matt is just not in a stage to be serious, and that manifested in picking somebody who was less serious. Okay, and less intentionally, you're right, but it just, that's how it manifested. Yeah. Okay. No, I, that's actually pretty good, too. I think, I think it's, like, two, two, two of the same thought, but just, like, different branches of going <laughs> yeah. about doing it, and yeah. I think you're giving him a, a lot of the benefit of the doubt, which I don't think is a bad thing to do. Like, I think this is a really complicated situation, mm-hmm. but I think either way... Rachel is the easy route, and I think, honestly, yeah, either the hornier route. Yeah, the hornier route, the easier route, and he either knew that consciously or subconsciously, and that's why we're in the situation we're in. Yeah. Yeah. We love you, Michelle. <sighs> we love you, Michelle, for real. Um, so after he sends Michelle packing, um, again, just incredibly rude, like, <gasps> just, you know. Sending vibes her way. I don't even know what that means. Um, But the next date is supposed to be Rachel's date. She is all smiles, feeling super confident about her last date with Matt, which I still don't understand. I really don't think that she is catching what he's saying (laughs) to her. Where Because, again, like, I feel like the last couple of episodes he's been like, hey, pump the brakes. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not asking your dad for your hand in marriage. But I also, I think, too, I don't know if we talked about it earlier in the episode or not, because I forget everything, but, mm-hmm. like, for the past few episodes, he's, when um, when Serena P. left, mm-hmm. he was saying, like, I don't want anybody who isn't ready to get married. Yeah. And then... And now, and now he's, he's, you know, he's having his own feelings about it. But like, I think all of the women are left sort of just like, okay, I don't know what to do with any of this information. I think he got rejected by somebody that he really saw a future with. Yeah. And then he met with his parents. And then he's just sort of realizing, oh, I'm not ready to get married. Oh, my God, that, that order of operation for that really hit me right now. Yeah. Yeah, fuck. It- Shit. And I think a lot of the women are mm. still operating under this context of like, oh, Matt said he won't he won't be with me unless mm. I, I'm ready to be committed. Yeah. Yeah. And this is like why we're getting this last episode, oh. I feel like. Um But yeah, she's, you know, feeling super confident. Um, who comes a knocking on her door but the little gremlin and defender of her heart chris harrison <laughs> hey rach hey rage hey rage um yeah go ahead. <laughs> he's like he fucking like leans on the door like hey what, what are you doing mm-hmm. uh he basically says that she's shit out of luck um as far as the lost date goes because matt doesn't like her no sorry bat <laughs> is really just <laughs> reeling and everything i you know <sighs> i don't know part of me felt for her as a 
just a contestant of outside of what she knew, mm-hmm. or uh, so, sorry, outside of what we knew of her. Of course. Because if someone did that to me, I would immediately spiral. Yeah. But I also laugh really hard because, like, once again, Matt cancels a fucking date because he doesn't want to spend time with any of these people. Like, literally, he's done it every single fucking date this season. Oh he ends everything early. He's, like, he is, like, I will say Matt is my king yeah. in being, like, oh, I can only hang out for an hour. See ya. Uh, uh. If at all. Um, I do think she, she is spiraling and maybe that's, like, her reaction to it. But I didn't like the scene... F- Because she just looks so, she's, like, smiling almost. And she just, it, I started to go deeper into my Jane on of, like, that she actually came here to get the next crown, to become the next Bachelorette, or to just get as far as she could to get Spawn Con. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like a little bit of a Cassie situation. Got a little too far. The guy fell in love with her a little too much. And, and now she has to do yeah accountability. Yeah. Oops, oops, <laughs> um, really fucked this one up. <laughs> Basically, after that, he like literally cancels her entire last date. Um, what do you this... think it was gonna be? Uh, fuck. Maybe it was actually looking through old Facebook photos. Oh yeah, that's a good reason to cancel, isn't it? <laughs> Isn't it? Oh, just, I want to show you what my, my yearbook. <laughs> Let me show you some of these old Halloween photos. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, next, I mean, we, we're not going to... Actually, this is the longest portion of the episode. Neil Lane comes to town and shows some honestly ugly rings. <laughs> um, I'm not even trying to be an asshole, but it's true. And I know that I'm just jealous because I don't have any money. But, like, really... <laughs> This is a contractually based event that is an enormous waste of fucking time. Like, Matt has already said he's not ready. And he's just, like, looking at these square-ass princess cut motherfucking rings. Like This is a pear shape. And Matt's like, whoa. Wow, great. Um, Is anyone listening to me? No. Okay, wonderful. So now we have the proposal, JK, LOL. We'll start when Jenna's done. (laughs) Matt sends her this card, this date card, and it's like... (laughs) It was written by the white girls that bullied me in high school that are now, like, nurses that don't believe in coronavirus. um, That are just like, I wouldn't wear a mask at work if I didn't have to. Um, It's just, like, an apology for making her wait. Um, Oh, my God. It says, I'm so sorry for making you wait. I've had a lot on my mind these last few days. You deserve answers. Meet me at the lake. Um, The audacity. This is, like, the least romantic fucking thing I've ever seen, ever. But I also do love the romanticism of you deserve answers. Um, It's just weird how you deserve answers ends up being, do you want to be in a relationship with me? I just could not. I was, like, expecting him to be, like, meet me at the lake so that we can have, like, a couple hours together, and then tonight we'll yeah. do the whatever proposal thing. And then he would cancel that. I mean, truly. <laughs> but he, like, I when she read the note and was, like, smiling, and then it hard cut to, like, the proposal situation, I was like, excuse you, what? And he's <laughs> just, like, staring at the floor. Oh my like, my God, Lord. man, I know what depression looks like. <laughs> this isn't the way to start a relationship. Uh, uh, Rachel... Um, when she goes to their 
um, just kidding proposal. Mm-hmm. Like, she's done her rehearse part. She's no doubt been overthinking since the previous day. She says, I want to be there for you when you're hurting. I don't know what happened yesterday, but I do know I'm not going to run when it gets tough. Um, not necessarily your choice, but okay. And she also says, I've never felt a love like this in my entire life. Um, 24. <laughs> 24. 24. <laughs> Isn't that a show? 24. Yeah. yeah. It's a terrible show with a terrible man. There's a terrible man. I was singing Let It Go. Oh, yeah. Which I thought you would love, I know. but like, God, I don't know how to communicate with you anymore. It's my love language anymore. I don't know. <laughs> I thought you were a Disney bitch, you fucking poser. Some things never change. Okay. Well, I don't get that one. So. Um, Frozen 2, best movie ever. Um, Rachel, so yeah. Sorry. Matt replies, um, <laughs> I couldn't live with myself if I put you through what my mom's been through. So, so don't. So, yeah. So instead, Matt hopes they can continue dating and getting to know each other like normal human beings. Um, that's not possible. Uh, I want to leave here with you, and I want to commit to you. Um, and he says, the truth is that I love you. Wow. The truth is? This was so... I love you. This was so painful. I've never seen something so cringe i haven't either and i have dated my partner thrice (laughs) (laughs) and the last time he broke up with you right all the times he broke up up with me me. like i'm saying this (laughs) i love my partner i feel very confident about our relationship but if he if he came back to me the third time and was like the truth is this this After he dated 20 people while also talking to me, I would fucking die. Like, she looks like she's going to die, actually. Like, again, we don't necessarily love her, but she looked like she was like, what? No, again, as a contestant outside of what I know about her, like, this is so fucked. So fucked. And I mean, I'm not even saying that it's fucked because of Matt specifically. Just... I think Matt got fucked this entire season, yeah. and but this is not how you enter a relationship. Like, I uh, canceled the date yesterday. This is just Tinder, <laughs> but painful. I want to leave here with you. I want to leave here with you. Yeah. You can come if you want. Yeah, I mean, the key thing is I just really want to leave here. Mm-hmm. So come with but me. But she's looking like she loves it. And I'm just, uh, like, I at, don't know. At some point. There was, like, a point where I saw her just kind of, I was like, if this woman says, mm-hmm, one more time. Like, until he fully said, like, I love you, she was just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is appropriate response because this is all not okay. Because he doesn't deserve anything else other than that yeah. at this point. And then when he says, I love you, she loves it. And she, like, I d- like, oh my like God. I can't think of an ending of a season <laughs> that's like this. And we've seen some bad shit. <laughs> it's a pretty... I saw Peter last season. Like, I... That was also so meaningless. And, um... 
I think it was Connie reminded me, like, they also kind of did a similar thing to Maga Ann where they, like, told her that Peter wasn't going to come see her and it freaked her out, blah, blah, blah. But, like, I just... Mm. Mm. These people are fucked up. (laughs) Okay. So before we head into our uh, recapping of the After the Final Rose, uh, we wanted to talk about a really awesome thing that's happening right now. Two of our hot friends, Amelia Rose and Lindsay Mellon, created the most dramatic tarot deck yet, which of course is a tarot deck based on what else but the Bachelor franchise. And seriously, we are so obsessed with Final Rose Tarot. Um, literally, when you're done listening to this episode, go follow them on Instagram immediately. It's a mood. Big mood. Uh, yeah, so the deck itself is, like, super rad. Um, all 78 traditional tarot cards have been reimagined and correlated to themes from the show, including cards featuring ITMs, the producers, the villain, and, of course, the bachelor as the emperor or the bachelor as the empress. (laughs) We love that. Each card is beautifully hand illustrated and is set in this like vibrant, fun color palette and printed on luxurious and thick matte paper. Like you just look at the photos and you're like, damn, that is a card. Um, It has gold foil on both sides of the cards and on the box. Literally these cards fuck. Unlike me. Um, (laughs) the deck comes with a guidebook that has funny insight, descriptions of each of the cards. Um, these are a reinterpretation of the conventional meaning of the card into bachelor scenarios. Each card also has its own keyword associations for an at-a-glance interpretation and readings. Um, yeah, the whole vibe of the deck, to be honest, is like meant to be flirty and lighthearted, all while poking fun at the show, which obviously we're all about that because... (laughs) fuck this show uh this deck can be used for introspection like a traditional deck or as a fun you know compliment to watching the show or even to find on theme advice or predictions about the show if that's like what you're into so you know like pre-order your own copy of the final rose tarot um which is available now via the kickstarter campaign um there's five dollars off the normal price for y'all um, so you can find a link to your pre-orders, um, on Instagram at Final Rose Tarot or at FinalRoseTarot.com. That's at F-I-N-A-L-R-O-S-E-T-A-R-O-T, um, on Instagram or at F-I-N-A-L-R-O-S-E-T-A-R-O-T.com. And yeah, their uh, Kickstarter ends in a couple weeks at the end of this month. So go do it now and get $5 off the normal pre-order. When they dropped it initially, I also ended that. I'm really excited to get my cards. Uh, so yeah, make sure you support the campaign and manifest this trash TV and a tarot perfect pair. So I know that Danica and I <laughs> typically don't love After the Final Rose or the Women Tell All or the Men Tell All or the show at all, but, um, <laughs> probably because we've been so stuck in our own truths that we truly hate hearing what really happened in this season. We don't like being wrong. Yeah. Oh my God. We're getting used to it. Though. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is fair to say though, that this is like a different episode. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to cover it in the way that we know how. We don't know how 
other people feel about it. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna like express what we saw and then just like know that like we're gonna be listening to other people's truths. Mm-hmm. That can be true. Mm-hmm. Um I have like some things I'll share from what I saw and discussed on the internet today with people, but like overall we're just we're just recapping. <laughs> we're just recapping. Yeah. And uh what a thing to recap. Uh, yeah, for real. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, um, I think he did, Emmanuel mm-hmm. uh, did a phenomenal job, mm-hmm. um, especially, like, coming into a franchise that is this divided, this full of tension. Mm-hmm. Like, people on the left are angry, people on the right are just as mad that Chris is gone, for some reason. <laughs> um, I think the questions that were asked were less forgiving of certain people and, like, more direct in a way that I think they needed to be. Mm-hmm. And if Chris were there and had asked the same questions, we wouldn't have gotten the same outcome. Mm-hmm. And, like, the same with, like, the follow-up questions. Like, if Chris were there, the follow-up questions would not have existed. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't feel like it's my place or our place to say, like, this this was good or this is bad, mm-hmm. but it's definitely not what we would have gotten if Chris were on the show, given his bias for Rachel, and I think that's an overall good. <laughs> yes, it's uh, an overall win. Um, I think they're, again, yeah, it's not our place to say whether it was good or bad, ultimately. Um, I think that some questions could have been, you know, yeah, they were stern. Yeah. But also, a lot of them, like you said, were incredibly direct, incredibly... Like, they were deep, they were, like, emotional, he was listening, he was an active listener, you know, like, unlike Chris would be. <laughs> yeah. I think, too, like, uh, there were definitely questions that I felt that I was uncomfortable mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And just because I felt like it was giving a sort of... <sighs> it was placing a lot of... Um, onus on Matt to, like, uh-huh. forgive. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, we'll get into that That stuff. didn't feel right to me, but yeah. overall, I thought this was a really excellent, like, turn of events mm-hmm. um, that I hope they consider. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll this, see. this franchise is really <laughs> testing mm-hmm. everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started off in the, after the final rose, uh, talking to Michelle. Mm-hmm. Um, and Michelle talks to Emmanuel saying, I don't want to be sitting here with the ending that I had. That was choice words. Um, but I'm ready to face it. She talks about wanting closure and not getting it at all after the show. Um, she said she even asked production if she could talk to him for a few minutes. So she could just express how she was feeling and maybe get a little closure, not to try to convince him to come back and be with her. And she said that request was refused. She's making us think it's from Matt. Um, we find out later that I think the production yeah, I blocked think, them. I think it's hard to say. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it, w- it was definitely, like, fucked up to hear about. There was definitely at least a miscommunication there. And Somebody. either... either production fucked up or you know matt is saving face by blaming production mm-hmm. i don't Ooh. i don't know what the answer yeah, is true yeah we don't know do we 
Um, they also <laughs> discussed Rachel's photos. Um, it seemed kind of out of place to me at the time, but I found out later there was a reason for it. Um, Michelle says that was a prime example of not understanding the history behind it. I feel like Rachel has a good heart, but I think there's a lot of learning. Um, she said she also talked to Harrison. She also sorry, she also talked about Harrison and the franchise as a whole by stating all of these issues that everyone's been talking around and addressing and apologizing and making statements and not actually changing anything. There is a point where you're just so exhausted. Wow. Yeah. And it's funny, when I was, like, oh. writing our notes today, I read, like, through a couple of, you know, people's notes on it that were, like, well, then, you know, spoiler alert, why did she become a part of the franchise mm-hmm. again then? And it's just, like, god damn it, you guys, like, really still aren't getting it, no. are you? You're not getting it. <laughs> So they bring in Matt. Mm-hmm. Matt and Michelle talk. Um, Matt apologizes, stating that it's been a rough past few months and that he's still processing everything. Um, Matt apologized also for not giving her, you know, the grace of having a conversation with her and that he would have, quote unquote, fought to have a conversation with her if he had known that she wanted to speak with him this badly or if that was like what she wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I, for one, don't know about that. Um, I think, yeah, there's just, like, two ways to look about that situation. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I trust production, and I don't know that, like, Matt was in a place to talk at that point, and so it might have got communicated so many different ways. Yeah, he was clearly upset, for sure. I mean, like, he fully didn't have a date with the person he picked (laughs) to be his partner, (laughs) so, like... Mm -hmm. I, like, both want to be forgiving and also just, like, what are they doing? What are they doing? What's anyone doing? <laughs> um, in my opinion, um, like, Emmanuel's question is, like, fucking killer. <laughs> I love him for this. He's basically just like, you're never going to see this man again. Uh, what do you have to say to him? And she, like, <laughs> Michelle, like, to her credit, like, plays it really cool. I don't know that I would have ever done the same. Um But I think, again, she knows, like, what she's in for, and she's just like, I hope you find happiness. I hope you move on with kissing with your eyes closed. I hope you come up with more phrases than just thanks for asking. (laughs) Thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing. Yes. Sorry. No, I love it. I was like, she also could have replaced that with, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Like, and I think that it's, um, it gives you, like, a window into where she's at right now, where mm-hmm. she's, she's hurt, but, like, over it. Yeah. To a certain extent, and, like, ready, like, in a few months to mm-hmm. just, like, take this on. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be interested to see her season for a lot of reasons, but one, we don't normally get a bachelorette who gets, like, such a long time in between the heartbreak that they experience and then being on yeah. their own season, and so, I mean, unless, except Claire, who had years, but, um... <laughs> Claire also had only two minutes to process who she would like to date. So, okay, who's to say? But, uh, I guess her a little... <laughs> little um wiggle time versus previous leads I think, yeah you know who get have to go quickly into filming and hope hope that they're over it <laughs> maybe that's why they gave uh you know katie a go at it mm, yeah because she had so fucking long to process 
<laughs> just, just a little time. We'll talk about this a little bit later. But um, then, like, Emmanuel and Matt talk about men in blackness. Again, we're speaking here as two white women. Mm-hmm. These are just, like, some um, things that we think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's totally fine if you think the opposite, but this is just, like, s- some things we're hoping for mm-hmm. were gathered for people who were in a similar position as us. Mm-hmm. Like, to, like, listen. We're hoping that, like, fellow white people will, like, hear what we heard. Yeah. Um, I will say that, like, I, as a white woman, like, appreciated this conversation for a couple of reasons. Um, Again, I don't think this conversation was for everyone. In fact, I think this was a conversation between two black men that was dedicated toward making white people of, you know, like a certain political and, like, social belief, Mm -hmm. like, you know, like, feel empathy. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it was important for white Bachelor fans to see. I don't know if it changed anybody's mind I hope it sparked empathy, but I don't know that that happened. Not really. And I'm offline, so, like, I'm just going to live in my bubble where, like, people that talk intelligently and, like, kindly and with empathy about these things. Unfortunately, it didn't seem like that was the case. I think it probably did reach a good amount of people. I think it did some good, and so I think it was worthy and it was important. Um, The people, I just, like I said in one of the group chats today... The people who are online now who are saying saying a lot of mean shit and, and being really ignorant, they weren't going to hear the empathy. They weren't. Mm-hmm. They did not care. They wanted to ride for Rachel regardless. They wanted to be mad at Matt regardless. They want Chris Harrison back regardless. None of this would have mattered to them. And I'll speak on to that a little bit later about kind of an edit. None of that matters to them. They just wanted that. And I think empathy is really great. I meant that you mentioned that. Like, like. I think, too, there, I yeah. mean, there might be something to say about um, people that aren't as active online. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like, I know my family watches, like, reality TV. They don't watch The Bachelor, but they right. do watch reality TV. And so I think this could have been an empathetic moment for True. people who are not, like, online. online. That's and a really good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say, too, mm-hmm. like, mm. I mean, I, I, I think they're, the people that were gonna be mad we're already gonna be mad yeah like the that's people online point. that we're already gonna be mad we're yeah. already gonna be mad and we're used to dealing with that kind of shit um but yeah. i i hope i i thought that it was like um phrased in a really um like lovely way almost where it was just like please see me as a person yes no th- that was what that was and I, we should get back to that yeah matt was just like hear me. This is me. Mm-hmm. I am here. I'm a black man. Yeah. And we can have our, like, own opinions about, like, the season as a whole, but, mm-hmm. like, we do have no idea what it's like for him to be in this kind of position. Mm-hmm. And for, like, all of the black women who were on this season, mm-hmm. too, and they're just, like, dealing with a lot of stuff, which mm-hmm. we're going to get into in mm-hmm. literally just one second. Um, Emmanuel talks about to Matt about how much pressure there was being the first black bachelor. Um, one recap that I saw summed it up, like, super well. He says, you know, short answer, a lot. <laughs> um, 
he's talking about how black people always face an extra level of scrutiny, um, especially when they're the first people to do something. Um, he knew that however he came across on the show would be held up as an example of how black people move through the world. Mm -hmm. And that pressure was compounded for him um, because he was the first black bachelor in a year when the nation and the bachelor franchise itself Mm -hmm. was grappling with renewed focus on racism and civil rights. Uh And I think that's something we've talked about on the past, like few episodes too. Like it's really not just, the franchise it's uh-huh. where we're at as a society that's making this season so difficult to deal with and that's where i'm like you know feeling for him as a person who was not in the franchise before mm-hmm. and like maybe viewed this as an opportunity oh and God. then just ended up with <laughs> being like the face of something Fuck. that ended up being too much for so many of us and like i'm saying this like Oh, I see you getting emotional. No, I'm sorry. Okay. No, I'm just mad. I'm actually not crying. I'm just oh, like, like <sighs> no. Oh, you're just sweating. Okay. okay I'm just sweating. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm sweating too. It's very hot in here. But just like talking as people who have had a very hard time with like this season specifically mm-hmm. um, and have had to take breaks, I can't imagine At what all. this is like for him specifically <sighs> or like any of the women who are on this show who are, like, BIPOC contestants, like, to have to be, like, the voice of something that is just such a mirror to society when it seemed like it would be, like, an innocent, fun... Yeah, I saw a dorky thing where you could get Instagram followers. Yeah, Jasenia was doing an AMA today on Instagram, and somebody asked, like, how was your opinion of, like, being um, a person of color in the show or whatever, and she was like, honestly, when I was on the show, it was fine. It all got so bad when we were off and watching this yeah. and doing all this. And I really felt for her in that moment. And I appreciated her being mm-hmm. honest in that sense. Because, like, oof. I can only imagine. Um, Emmanuel responds saying he understands that feeling. Stating, um, I walk around realizing I might be the only black man that this person comes in contact with today. So let me do my best job to adequately represent black men across the country. And I think that's how, like... Mm-hmm. Matt is feeling for this whole episode while also dealing with heartbreak and realizing that, like, even though he's going through something, like, half of the country is not going to get it. He's not getting, he's not giving, he is not getting any grace. No. Trigger warning, grace. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) I think, like, um... Just speaking for me, I think this summarizes, like, the extra, like, mental gymnastics that Black people have to go through in their interactions with people at work, walking around, etc. Just, like, knowing and growing up with a lot of, like, white people, I think you have to be in, you know, like, a specific space to hear all of that. And I don't know that a lot of white bachelor nation and especially the people that are Chris apologists and that are very active on social media Mm -hmm. are going to meet you there. And so like, I appreciated this conversation and was just like kind of sad that it's mostly going to fall upon, you know, people that aren't ready to hear it Mm -hmm. or don't want to, or don't want to. Yeah. Mm. Or are not able to extend the empathy to see it. I was talking about an example, like, um, it's like 
content warning, like sexual assault. Like a lot of people were mad at him for not understanding Rachel um, and like giving her grace and being with her during this time. Like, why can't he just educate her together? Why can't they be together during this hard time? And it's just like, I feel like there's a lot of are these people are white women. And I just want to like pull one of them aside and be like, imagine if, if you've experienced assault in your life or something really traumatic and your partner was either really insensitive to that lived experience or maybe even perpetuated it in other ways and everyone around you was like, you can just be with him, right? It's fine. You can work through this with him. Well, he didn't do that to you. Yeah. And it's like, I, I think that those women would probably have empathy. They would realize, oh, yeah. I wouldn't want to be with this person. I wouldn't feel safe with this person during my my life or my healing process. I wouldn't feel safe with them. And they are having a trouble to, like, apply that same feeling toward themselves and their friends to this black man who's trying to say, I don't feel safe. He's not saying those exact words, but, like, you know, it's just, like, it's mind-boggling that people can't apply basic empathy to their own situations and be like, no one should have to stay with their abuser. I'm not saying Rachel's an abuser, but you shouldn't have to stay with somebody who's caused you harm. I think too, this, uh, this like, um, goes really well into a moment that I'm going to talk about Mm -hmm. later, but, um, there's also like a moment where, um, people talk a lot about, how Rachel did these things three years ago. Uh-huh. Did she understand that that was wrong three years ago? No. She understood that this was wrong in 2021. Uh-huh. So, Matt falling in love with her, that can totally happen. And I don't, like, deny that they had a connection uh-huh. and, like, a relationship within that. But I feel like... Rachel didn't know until 2021 that this was wrong, and she didn't start addressing it until 2021 mm-hmm. where this, you know, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I feel like the problem isn't people saying, like, oh, if you did something three years ago, you're absolved. Mm-hmm. Like, no, that's not, the- that's not the issue. And that's something that I definitely put in the notes mm-hmm. in a little bit. So I think um, let's move, move on, on for okay. just a yeah, second. We'll get there. And then we'll get there. Um... So, yeah, they also discussed the Rachel situation um, in their honeymoon period after the show was done airing or filming, I guess, um, and how he wanted to dismiss the rumors because he felt like he knew this person and how finding out the truth made him question everything. Um, And I I think that's, um, this is originally where my note was, (laughs) was because, like, I, I mean, I think... We need to realize as viewers, we're not seeing everything. Mm-hmm. Matt's not doing this. Mm-hmm. Matt's not like breaking up with this person because of something that happened three years ago. Mm-hmm. If he truly feels like she's changed and he can forgive her for it, right? He's breaking up with her because she's just now realizing yes. that his blackness. And her whiteness are not compatible in in the state that they're at right now. At the moment, exactly. She can get there. He says that, like, seven times. Like, Mm -hmm. he knows that she can get there. He knows that she's a good person. 
He's giving her all of this, like, That grace. doesn't necessarily mean that he has to be the you one either. guiding her through that, though. Exactly. Like, again, apply it to... If you're having trouble with this, apply it to your own life. Were you ever in a relationship where somebody abused you or hurt you? Again, not saying she's an abuser. But, like, did cause you harm or trauma... You could still have love for the person. My ex-husband, I know he's probably a good person now. But I didn't have to stay with him through that process of him learning that and going through that. I'm just trying to think of something that's even more just like... I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, sexism isn't prevalent mm-hmm. because it totally is. But mm-hmm. if if imagine if you had, like, a guy that you were dating that, like, made, like, sandwich jokes mm-hmm. until two weeks ago or he made them three years ago and then just never you know it just sort of like kept casually making Mm -hmm. them or whatever and then you found out about it and you were like i feel weird about that and he didn't get it still yeah like that's not your responsibility to teach this dude even if he hasn't been saying them to your face anymore because and that i mean that's a very it's just yeah i we I don't know what it's like to be a black person dating a person who's going through their, like, unlearning process. But from what I'm seeing online, it is a very reasonable response to not want to be so deep in it while they're going through that. That doesn't make it bad. It just means I don't need to be here while they're so green in this process. Yeah. Like, it's, again, nothing wrong. Just I don't need to uh, subject myself to potential more harm as the process is going. Now, yes. if you want, and if you want to be in that relationship with a person and doing it, that is your prerogative. That's fine. But I'm sure plenty of people do that. But I don't think that makes him any less of a person or cared about her any less than the people online like to differ. So now we get to the Rachel part. <laughs> Emmanuel brings out Rachel, who starts off by saying that while things have been difficult, she doesn't want to victimize herself here. Um, and looking at a picture of herself, Rachel says she sees someone who is living in ignorance, the, the famous antebellum photo. Mm-hmm. Um, she says, I never once asked myself at any point, what's the tradition behind this? What does this represent? Why do we wear these dresses? I never took the time to make that connection. She says she doesn't blame her background, her education, or her family, or her experience. In my eyes, she says there's no excuse. I did get a lot of people saying that this is normal where I grew up. She's like, but that doesn't make it right. Yeah, I, um, again, like, she's not apologizing right now. She's already apologized. True. I think she's trying to explain where she's at at this point mm-hmm. and um, trying to get people who are doing some of this work that nobody asked them to do <laughs> um, to just kind of like lay off and mm-hmm. like uh, try to teach them something. Mm-hmm. I hope the best for Rachel because mm-hmm. like, I mean, like I'm a white person. This is not my space to take up you know, her apology and accept it. Um, I'm hopeful that she's going to do something else. Just like I'm hopeful whenever anybody like learns, like I really, I really want them to learn and do better. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I really do feel like there's a weird internet phenomenon right now where, you know, people say to others, like, you don't have to apologize for this thing Mm -hmm. because they weren't personally offended by it. Mm -hmm. Like, when people do lay out an apology, and I think this is a lot of what Rachel was talking about, like, I mean, I saw it today, like, one of the McElroy brothers... I mean, we talk about them all the time because we listen to their <laughs> podcasts. Um, but um, someone said something that could be interpreted as, like, insensitive. And he just, like, deleted it, um, apologized, included the tweets, and was just like, hey, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I, I didn't mean anyone – I didn't mean to make anyone feel like a certain way, mm-hmm. you know? And it was, you know, much more detailed than that. I'm just, I'm paraphrasing. But, like, you don't need to tell people who are apologizing that they've not done anything wrong, you know, on their behalf. Like, apologies should be given when you've wronged someone and if you feel like you've wronged someone, Mm -hmm. right? Like, there's nothing wrong with acknowledging you've caused hurt or discomfort and trying to fix that. And I feel like a lot of people who are, you know, defending Rachel are just people who are nervous that the same thing is going to happen to them and they're, like, avoiding their own, Uh you know, apology. Like, it's embarrassing to apologize. I'm not... it's painful. It sucks. And it sucks especially if you're, like, thinking about it and not just doing, you know, the pouty sorry. Like... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you're sitting in it. You're really thinking about the harm you caused or... Or, or like, you're just, but like, my intention wasn't this. And it's, like, I shouldn't even have said that in that tone. Like, you can just, you can genuinely feel like your intention wasn't this. Yeah. But, you know, you know that it was different. And it's hard. And these people are not wanting to do that for a lot of things. I don't think that they're incapable of ever except making apologies and other things in their life. But they are very scared of this type of apology. Mm-hmm. And perhaps that is where cancel culture has made a mess of everything and all of our own um, involvement in that. And I say our all, I, I mean myself. <laughs> My own <laughs> issues of it. <sighs> God, I'm never going to live. I think it's, I think it's like totally okay to just like apologize even if you only just like hurt one person. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. hurting people isn't great. And it, it I you don't want to be hurt, you know? You want to be heard when you're hurt. Mm-hmm. Also, Ooh. like... Yeah, that's key, too. Ooh. Ew, now we have to get to Matt and Rachel. That Ugh. sucks. Okay, so... This um, part, for me, was extremely painful to watch because I really feel like Matt has been so fucked over yeah. um, by this whole season. I mean, we've talked about a little bit about the other things that are going on. It's not just the season. It's not the producers. It's society and, like, what's going on right now. Um, As an exhausted person, I cannot imagine what he's going through in this moment. Um, There's a lot of long silences, um, which I interpreted a certain way, but I don't know what they truly mean. I did notice Rachel was trying to, like, touch him in, like, a soft way to just mm-hmm. be like, I, hey, I feel for you. What I interpreted as, hey, I feel for you. But it was pretty clear that 
there was a lot of stillness and stiffness on his end, and he wasn't ready to have that kind of contact with her. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Oh. After a while, Matt speaks out, and he says, um, the most disappointing thing for me was having to explain to you why what I saw was problematic and why I was so upset. He tells Rachel, um, he says, when I questioned our relationship, it was on the context of you not fully understanding my blackness and what it meant for me to be a black man in America and it would what it would mean for our kids. Um, so I think, again, this is like something that we were we were meaning to talk mm-hmm. about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is like the appropriate place to talk about it where I, I saw a tweet that I found to be re- that like really hit the mark and I wish I would have, you know, thought to like mark it down and I'm butchering it too um but it said like something to the effect of matt didn't find out this was rachel in 2018 it's that rachel didn't figure out that what she had done in 2018 was wrong until 2021 so again like as we've said before you know time isn't an apology time is not an admission of guilt or wrongdoing and time may not even convey that you've learned anything Mm mm-hmm like he said he's recognized she didn't know at this moment what it mean what it meant to be black in America and that he wanted to take a step back from their relationship and that's because he got to figure out what that meant when he realized when he talked to her about the things that had come out like how she felt about those things mhm mhm <sighs> He explains that she needs to do the work on her own. Mm-hmm. So going back to what we were saying earlier, um, not with him holding her hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rachel responds with, you were the only reason I decided to go on the show. And that includes every single part of you. That that And that obviously includes you being a black man. I've never experienced a love like this at this point. I just don't see how I can have these same feelings for someone else. And I did not like this. I hated this part. I hated this part. Um, it's, it's... I can understand that this is how she's feeling. Of course. But she, I don't feel that she's fully wrapped her head around, um, the, the harm that she's caused. Uh I, like, I did appreciate a lot of the things that she said early on, Mm -hmm. but this made it more clear that she's not there yet and not understanding where he's coming from and this also like adds context to the whole like touching thing uh-huh. where she was like touching him and he just like it felt like he was staring at the ground like I don't remember exactly but yeah, like kind of off to the side down mm-hmm. yeah and that's like oh yeah um, that could be it's, it was hard to watch. Yeah, it was really difficult to watch. Emmanuel asks uh, Matt if there's a path for reconciliation. Matt, again, um, simply says that she needs to do the work. And Emmanuel moves on to ask what she would like to say to him if she never speaks to him again. <laughs> what is this question? Sir. <laughs> Sir. Um, she just says she wants the best for him. Uh, there was also a question about a final embrace, which Matt just, like, literally, like, froze up. And she looked like she wanted to. And he wasn't having it. And I was just like, this is... 
given what I saw and how uncomfortable it felt for the last, like, ten minutes, I was like, this is unacceptable, and this is, like, a bad question. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I mean, like, I'm not just blaming, you know, Emmanuel, because I don't know the, like, background process of everything that's going on. I mean, this was filming for, like, six hours, too. Like, Matt's probably, but all three of them were very tired at this point and probably very emotionally drained. Like, all of them, including Rachel. She's probably like, I don't even know what to say anymore. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't, yeah, I don't, we don't know why he asked that. Um, Didn't feel great, but. I, I feel like that was an unacceptable question given the body language that we saw. Yeah, yeah. Like, Matt was really giving off pretty clear body cues to not wanting to be touched. So that was not great. (sighs) Yeah. And, like, there... I mean, like, even earlier, when Matt and Rachel were brought in together, it took Emmanuel several times of asking the question, like, how how are you feeling about Rachel, for Matt to even answer the question. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he's just going through some shit and that was just, um, that felt really inappropriate to me. And I, again, I'm not blaming Emmanuel. I feel like that was, I feel like a lot of the questions that I was not super into were not him. No, they, but, were, written, uh, they were written by Chris for the show. <laughs> Chris or like Maybe not Chris, somebody yeah. else, yeah, somebody you know, else. like, yeah, but like, and he has the right to say no, I guess, but at the same time he's coming into this and like, a. He, you know, a very I, weird situation. I feel like a lot of the um, the questions that I felt the most uncomfortable about were the ones between white people and black people. Yeah. And I feel like right. Emmanuel had a lot to do with the questions between black people and, like, when it got to Rachel and yes. Matt. He kind of had to do... Um, it was just like, well, you do you really think she's a bad person? And I think, yeah, oof. Batch- like Bachelor Nation is going through like a weird like accountability process right now, <laughs> but they're not ready what? to do that. It, but it's like it's sort of like they're trying to save their franchise and make it seem like not everybody's bad in it. Yeah, and that they the franchise itself didn't do this. It's just the people. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I. <laughs> That's not true. (laughs) (laughs) And then there was five minutes left. I looked at my phone. There was literally five minutes left. Wow. And they go to commercial, and I'm like, how? You have to still announce (laughs) the new Bachelorettes. Which we didn't. We didn't officially know was Bachelorettes. I knew a couple days ago. Well, I mean, internet, but honey, like we didn't officially, officially know. Like we all been new for a while. Mm -hmm. Like we're a spoiler-free podcast, but you're a fucking bitch, (laughs) and you talk to me about everything. (laughs) Um, but we officially, officially learned. Um, last night we get Katie and Michelle. Hi, babies. (laughs) Hi, babies. Um. I wanted to share really quick, um, Jenna and I will admit, like, whole ham, wholeheartedly, like, we fucking like Katie. Um, 
Even though I didn't at the beginning of the season. But we like Katie, and we also, like, fully admit that the franchise, um, putting on a woman, like, a white woman who is, who, what, was in 10th place? Yeah, 11th, I think. 10th or 11th place as a lead is flawed logic. Like, Mm -hmm. they they bent over backwards to do it. It is a not good move. Or it's, I mean, it's, it's a move of the show. Yeah. The show is so inherently problematic. And that's like, I don't know how many more times we can say it. Mm-hmm. So those two things can be true at once. Um, we're excited to see her season. And we hope that it goes really well. Especially given the tweets that Katie sent out that are like, you know. Chris Harrison needs to stay home. <laughs> yeah. And now um, we have Tasha and Caitlin. Yeah, we have Tasha and Caitlin. We're very excited thing. for yeah. that. Um, we hope that this, like, energy proceeds into paradise. We hope it proceeds into Michelle's season. We're so fucking excited for Michelle. Yeah. And nervous. I'm a little nervous. Because I, I, sh- I want the production to get better by then. Yeah. And they made a statement and they said they are hiring a like I think a black um executive producer. So hopefully that is the case and hopefully yeah. things get changed. So but we're so excited for her. She is so funny and nice and uh, wonderful and her outfits are amazing. <laughs> like I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm just so excited to see what happens. Yeah. So we are excited. And we can't wait to get back to making fun of all the men, which is Pretty much our strong suit. Yeah. That's the only thing we do good. Yeah, I agree. I think we should <laughs> take a break for every Bachelor season. Because nobody wants to fucking watch that anyway. Oh, my God. Oh, Lord. Oh, my okay. God. So, we're doing um, some catch-ups, corrections, updates, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, Danica talking. Uh, this season, especially during the last, like, few weeks, we've talked a lot about Jenna and I's, like, failures Mm -hmm. um one of them that we haven't fully talked about or addressed yet um and something that we both wanted to be sure to address um was the ways that we failed um the disability community the asian community and mixed communities throughout the season um i just like wanted to personally apologize for that um i especially as, as it relates to abigail like I had definitely, um, at a certain point, you know, perceived and spoken about Abigail as a white person um, at a few points throughout our season, two that I can remember specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, After being corrected the first time, I just, you know, flat out neglected to update my language um, when speaking about her. Um, and I frequently grouped her in with white women when I was talking. Um, and I think what I truly just like neglected to do was separate non-black women from black women. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was a mistake. Um, so I can imagine how, you know, seeing Abigail in my language consistently lumped in with white folks, um, whether that was intentional on my part or not intentional, was hurtful to our listeners, um, especially people who are mixed. Um, 
Asian disabled, I, I can totally see where you were hurt by that. And I am so sorry. Um, I'm really going to be more mindful in the future about, first of all, like staying in my lane. Because mm-hmm. I don't I don't need to be talking same about, you know, everyone's experiences. We can only speak about our own mm-hmm. and just give room for other people to talk about theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be um, thinking more critically, thoughtfully, and kindly when I speak. I want to make sure I'm speaking to my own experience. Um, and again, I think... Um, some people were also hurt about our dismissal of how important it was to see um, Abigail as a disabled um, person represented on this season. And we are both Very sorry, sorry for that. For that. Um, and to her as well. Um, we did not cover Abigail in a way that we would have liked for us to. Mm-hmm. And we're sort of recognizing our own... Um, Miss, uh, miss stepping in that, like, um, not, not seeing that when it was happening, you know, yeah. and like stopping and pausing. I think that was like the huge thing we've learned about, like a lot of the things that have happened in the last like month or so, like pausing more and really like being yeah. intentional with our words and thinking about it. Yeah. And we just didn't, we weren't thinking about it as critically at the time. And I, I do feel bad that we just didn't, like you said, just didn't cover her more, didn't like. I think it's yeah. it's one thing to like blame the show for not covering her more, but we didn't cover her well yeah, either. Exactly. And so exactly. Um, we are gonna be um working on our own reading and be trying to find the right guests for our off season mm-hmm. and Patreon episodes when we resume mm-hmm. that can help speak to these experiences, but we also want to make it clear that we are going to be like reading and doing the work to where our guests when they do come on don't feel like they have to carry our podcast or our episodes because that's not their responsibility no certainly so it's like a lot of labor to put on people so we don't want that to be the case yeah that's that's our shit to do yeah (laughs) if that's like the yeah (laughs) so thank you and we're sorry and we're sorry like i said to very sorry to abigail specifically and to anyone who felt othered or not represented in these conversations when especially because we we made ourselves sound like we were speaking for all people and that's ooh yeah that's the that is the lesson to take home for a lot of people i think and our for us but like i think other white able-bodied you know allies Mm -hmm. or hopefully hearing that and what yeah. we're saying. We tried and we, we did something that was not asked for and was also kind of fucked up. <laughs> so not even kind of, just it was fucked up. Yeah. So thank you. Um, we are taking a little bit of a break from doing the podcast. We're going to think about it more. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. In wrapping up, um, I know we've talked literally till kingdom come about the taylor nolan situation um so for those of you who are listening now um who haven't heard our podcast before 
we spoke to Taylor Nolan for our Patreon in February before um, any of the... Everything happened. Before anything <laughs> happened. Um, but for those people who are, you know, just like somehow don't know, oh my god, I, you're so lucky. I'm so sorry to do this to you. <laughs> Uh, but Taylor said some really offensive and hurtful things. Um, and Jenna and I decided early on after those messages came out that we were not comfortable with keeping our Patreon money. So, like, as a community, we talked uh, to our, our Patreon listeners and we asked them and we, we discussed with them, like, where we let them know that we wanted to donate the February's um, Patreon earnings to um a few charities of that were affected like that represent and help the individuals that were affected by taylor's tweets yeah um so we reallocated that money to groups that were affected by those tweets some of those were for so yeah we um split up all the the february um patreon Earnings, and we donated to the National Alliance of Mental Illness, the Asian Mental Health Collective. Um, we also donated to an organization called Jews for Racial and Economic Justice, also to an organization called the Alliance of People with Disabilities, um, also to GLIT, which is a gay, lesbian, and trans um, mutual fund. We also donated to National Association to Advance Fat Acceptance. And um, I can post links to all of those. Yeah. Um, and on top of, as well, donating to the Loveland Foundation, which provides mental health counseling for Black women and girls. And I will try to put all those links in the uh, bio if you want to um, know more about these organizations. So, um, thank you for being in this experience with us. Like, <laughs> I know that the, the whole season has been, um, a literal roller coaster. It has been that for us and I'm sure it's been that way for you too. And, um, thank you so much. I mean, just truly thank you. Um, thank you for being, uh, silly and sending us random things in the dms we love that thank you for being serious in the dms thanks for sending love and support thanks Thanks for for telling us like ways we can do better yeah thanks for telling us that uh thanks for um making fun of us and roasting us Mm -hmm. and telling us that we're losers i love that nisi thank you um (laughs) thanks nisi again for sending in a thing that i haven't quite heard yet but i assume it's just danica you're poor that's okay (laughs) but yeah Um, thank you for listening and thank you for being here and we love you thanks see you soon see you soon y'all um also just there are a couple of community recaps of the season. I think there's two mm-hmm. that we have tonight. Um, so stick around and listen to them because they give a different opinion than we do. And that's always what we've wanted to do is be able to highlight other people's opinions. Mm. We lost our way for a little bit, but that's always what the goal was. We'll so. get there. We'll get back. We'll get back. All right. And we'll see you sometime. Sometime. <laughs> Hi. 
so this is Gati, um, big fan of the podcast and your Instagram. You guys are amazing. But um, I was debating all season if I should send in, you know, my thoughts um, because I don't think I've ever been able to correctly explain how I feel about how awful how awful um the conversation with race and racism has been handled um so you know we're gonna give it a shot but you know i am shocked embarrassed uh disappointed and disgusted all at the same time um i'm actually really glad the season is over because my mental health needs a break from watching these people on screen because it's been so infuriating as a black woman watching this show and just um the pandering the um dismissal um you know just the way that Matt was used and abused by the franchise is really gross to me. And um, to watch that finale and for Matt to somehow be forced to reconcile or consider taking Rachel back, someone that he, you know, may have thought that he might have spent his life with and then come to find out, you know, she had a very problematic racist past and he's now forced to forgive her and consider reconciling with her for what reason why would he owe her that he was the one hurt in that situation and she is that's something she would never understand and that's not something i blame emmanuel for but i do think that that was forced upon him in that situation and that's not fair and it made rachel look like a victim even though she started the whole conversation saying i don't want to try to victimize myself but then proceeded to do so uh, for the next 20 minutes um and then we have people online as if Matt is the one that's in the wrong because he is not a forgiving person and he is somehow in the wrong and never really loved her because he's choosing to not stay with her and help her do the work. That is not his responsibility. It does not fall on black people's shoulders to make sure that white people are not racist. That is not our responsibility. So Matt, I am so glad that out of everything that happened in that episode no matter how bad it was I am glad that he stuck he stood by his beliefs and he stood by what he feels like because his feelings and his anger and his hurt was valid and I'm glad that he didn't try to minimize it and just put it aside for the sake of Rachel's white guilt so um anyways I, that's I think all that I can muster up at this moment and um thank goodness this is done and I hope that Matt takes this time to really heal because um, I feel like he was very embarrassed and hurt and angry in that episode rightfully so so um you know hopefully he finds that peace that he needs because Bachelor franchise obviously didn't help him get that and did not protect him and the conclusion I came to is that they obviously cannot be trusted with BIPOC uh, leads or contestants for um a long time and they will have a long way to go to prove that they um you know can handle having a diverse community and they will need to do that work so for now um i don't know if i can continue watching until they can prove that they've done that work anyways love you guys thanks hi guys i missed y'all it's shanice 
Even you, Danica. I miss you too, bro. <laughs> Y'all know I haven't been watching this season. After the first episode, I was done. I decided to watch the ending because I knew the conversations that was going to happen. Emmanuel was going to host after the final roles and all that. The way Michelle got dumped was pretty bad. She didn't even get a two-minute closure that she wanted because Matt didn't know her feelings. She was, how didn't you know how she was feeling? She just made you a freaking Mr. and Mrs. James jersey, which I hope he returned because I don't need him wearing that with Rachel in the span of the two months that they were together. (laughs) Racist Rachel, when she got on stage, I rolled my eyes. She started crying. I rolled my eyes. What was that location? He couldn't even give her a promise ring. What was that location at the finale? Was it the back of Nemecolon? Like, what was going on in the woods? I don't understand it. I don't even care to understand it. Matt's beard needs some help. It needs some Gorilla Glue. What was going on? I'm going to need white people to stop attacking Matt in his comments. I don't even care for the guy. Stop attacking this man and telling him he should stay with Rachel. You don't understand anything. You just sound ignorant as fuck. Do not tell this black man to stay with a woman that has a racist past. He said on Good Morning America, he never had a conversation about race and what their kids would look like with Rachel. How? You're a black man dating a white woman. That should be the first conversation you have with her. So that's how you know that was set up for failure to begin with. I hope he gets some therapy. He needs it. I hope he gets some Gorilla Glue from that girl. He needs that also. Love y'all. Have a good day. I got to prepare all my drags for Clubhouse later. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Descartes Pod. Make sure you're following us on social media. On Instagram, we are DateCardPod. On Twitter, we are DateCardPodcast. You can email us at DateCardThePodcast at gmail. Make sure you're following your hosts. Danica is at DrunkFeminist on Instagram. And Jenna is Jenna with a smile. Make sure you are subscribed to us on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Hey, Leave us a review. This is the final podcast tonight. When you are ready. Oh, hello. It's me, the ghost who haunts your phone. Just kidding, it's actually me, Avalon, the host of Boohaha, which is a thing that I do. A podcast, if you will, that happens some weeks, not all. Don't wait up, it's fine, we'll call you. Shut up. Anyway, it's about ghosts and tangents. Mostly tangents, if I'm being entirely honest. So join me each and every week-ish as I gather the funniest people I know to a campfire that I build in my living room and then regale them with spooky tales of boogans and googas. Oh, also, it's a comedy podcast, if that wasn't clear from the vibe, you know. For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to SoBelowMedia.com. This, this is as above, so below.